and welcome to another episode of the Roach Coach Podcast, the journey to create the new metal canon. My name is Lauren Kozlowski. With me, as always, is the Indigo Angel, Jennifer Sosha. Hello. And the original Roach Rider, Mr. Matt Nas. Keep it rolling, baby. There we go. Ladies and gentlemen, back with you back for another episode of Roach Coach, building this new metal canon one album at a time. This week, we continue the Bye Babe series. Bye, babe. Bye, babe. Bye. <laughs> As Jenny uh, makes her way into the new the new era of her life, where she doesn't have to talk about new metal every week, um, and we are doing another record that you picked, Jenny. It's by Stompbox. It's called Stress. That's right. We're gonna talk all about. We're gonna talk all about this record. But before we do, I wanted to be, do a quick shout out to a venue that I have mentioned many times on this show, but I've only actually been there once. It's a shout out to the Wiggle Room over in Louisville, Kentucky. W- w- wiggle Room. I got word this weekend the Wiggle Room is closing. Wow. I, no. It's a loss yes, for Matt. Wigglers everywhere. A loss for Wigglers everywhere. Um, My hips. Well, yeah. The the um longtime listeners of the show will know that I once spent an evening at the Wiggle Room that ended with me covered in glass. And I still had a wonderful time there. So I, I got the sad news from our friend Ashley. She let me know. Did a little more research. There might have been some shenanigans involving involving the police, guys. Wow. Mm. Yeah. I saw some posts, some posts about this on some Facebook where people were saying, I'm just quoting from Facebook. They were saying, fuck 12. That's what they were saying. Wow. Yeah, I know. So bold. bold, very bold. So sorry to hear that the wiggle room is closing. I actually believe by the time this episode up, I think it will be closed. I think they're doing a quick, quick close, unfortunately. But we'll always have the memories of the drinks of me covered in glass. And uh I'm never gonna lose those. So shouts to the wiggle room, R.I.P. But now it's time to talk about the album of the week, Stress by Stompbox. Jenny, when did this album come out? So this album was released in 1994. I wasn't able to find a specific date, but it would have been the front half of 94 because I found a bunch of interviews about it uh, in the back half of 94. Were you able to find a specific release date, Lauren? I could not find a date. Uh, Everything I saw was just 94, 94, 94. Could not get a specific one. No Wikipedia for this, unfortunately. Um, So... Yeah, all I all I've got is that yeah, nineteen ninety four was the year. What date? When in ninety four? Hey, we may Who never knows? know. Before we June, know. before June, before June. Yep, we um, narrowed it down enough, you know. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> how much more do you need from us? <laughs> um, <laughs> Jenny, uh, this record you chose this record. Uh, what what drew you to picking uh, the Boys in Stompbox? Well, this was a recommendation from Shippy. Ooh, it was it was shippy. Ooh, uh, that's right, Matt. Matt, you, no bigger shippy fan than Matt Nas. Dude, um, shippy is shippy. He is. Uh, longtime listeners will know that shippy, uh, a member of Nullset, aka Gangster Bitch Barbie, one of the great, one of the best docs I think we watched for this show was the was the Nullset documentary. Um, but the history of the band, which is indeed where we got to meet every member in that and learn that indeed, Shippy is Shippy. And uh, for a little bit there, Shippy was sending us recommendations, uh, links and stuff, which appreciated all of them. And uh, 
This one he said, uh, you know, you guys definitely need to check this one out. There's some familiar riffs you might know. And uh, they said these were these were the, some big guys in the Boston scene for a while. Jenny, who is in Stompbox? Stompbox is Jeff Turlick on guitar and vocals. Eric Thaler on vocals. Patrick Gleesman on bass. And Zach Courtney on drums. All right. Producer on this record, an old friend. Sylvia Massey. That's right. Sylvia Massey, back behind the boards. And you might say, Lauren, how how is Sylvia an old friend? Well, Sylvia, for one, produced Tools Undertow. For two, Sylvia is a saint because she worked on Lollipop Lust Kill, <laughs> which is another record. I don't know if you remember this, Matt and Jenny, but uh, Lollipop Luskill was a record that we also could not figure out when the fuck it came out. <laughs> I believe so. Yeah. Yep. Sylvia Massey. She won't yeah. tell you. <laughs> Release dates? Question marks. Question yeah. marks. Put it out whenever. I don't care. Check cleared. You know, <laughs> we learned in an interview that this record, this Stompbox record, is being recorded same place, same time as Jeff Buckley was recording Grace. <laughs> What? So these guys yep. were hanging out with Jeff Buckley while he was recording that record. Playing Nintendo, they said. So wow. just one of those weird one of those weird things. If those guys get a time machine, please have them tell Jeff Buckley not go swimming. Yeah. Please. I mean yeah. I, I yeah. think yeah. That that might be the resounding message if that's all we want to do with the time machine. Yeah. Please tell Jeff Buckley not to go swimming in the Mississippi River. <laughs> yep. That that is yeah, that is it. So this record, yeah, like we said, no Wikipedia. From what I can tell, yeah, this is the only record uh that they put these guys put out. It was put out on Columbia. I have a physical copy here in front of me. I pick this up. Where did I pick this up from? I picked this up from an eBay store. The seller, KB Mac. Hmm. Um, and they got me a copy for a sweet $6.28. Fucking song, bro. Wow. Yeah. The album art, we were just talking about this before we got on the mic. This is something we don't see too often. This is a painting, and it is of a man drinking a coffee and clearly going through it. This man is under stress. Yeah. Yeah. The interior art has more paintings. It does say here that the paintings were done by Travis Lindquist. It says actually Travis Lindquist is the painting guy. Travis has a lot of... I, I put this as more of like an abstract art, which I enjoy. Not everything has to be true to life. Make things a little more esoteric. You know? Mm. You know? Mm -hmm. Very 94 in the font. Um, there is... All the pictures of the band are either obscured or in this one... All blurry. You can't tell out what's going on here. Just a blur. Because what is life sometimes, you guys? But a goddamn blur. Nothing too crazy in the thank yous. Pretty standard. No, no thank yous. By all accounts in this interview, so that there was an interview with Jeff Turlick from uh, Stompbox. This was done in May of this year. Uh, and I was hoping you were going to say Jeff Buckley. Oh, no. <laughs> he talks, <laughs> like, he talks at length about Stompbox. <laughs> yeah, Jeff, listen, Grace, incredible. They're really record. great at Nintendo ice hockey. That's all I'm saying. 
Um, uh, yeah, they talked to Jeff Turlick of Stompbox uh, because the Stompbox reunited at the end of last year, 2001, uh, 2021, um, for a benefit show for a friend of theirs. And I, more proof, I think, just the new metal is back. You know, I was hoping you were going to say they reunited last year in preparation for this episode. Yes, they did. <laughs> yes, that also, Matt. Yep, they knew it was going to happen. Jenny, what were your big takeaways from this interview? Basically that, so this this record coming out in, you know, 94, sometime in 94, they were a band that formed in 91, and when they were starting to gain a little bit of momentum was the time that, you know, Nirvana absolutely exploded. They got kind of scooped up in that major label craze that was happening where they were just picking up every somewhat known independent underground band and hoping for the best. Sounds like they got caught up in that. And then over time, you know, they came to a crossroads where about three fourths of the band wanted to go in one direction and one person wanted to go in another direction. And so they ended up going their separate ways seems like they all went on to have different and interesting lives, all connected to music in some way. And then they came back together to support a friend. Came across very well. Came across very, very well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it sounds like uh, all these guys are really learned in a lot of different styles of music. I mean, Jeff went to the Berklee School of Music. And after leaving Stompbox, he eventually became the musical director for the Blue Man Group. Worked with them for years and years and years. And then he also worked with the Dan Band, did a bunch of work with them. Uh, and it sounds like, you know, just being... It's one of those things that also that it really, when you see an artist working just in one area and you feel like, oh, that's all they do. But it's very clear, like, behind the scenes, people are just in the mix in just a myriad of different ways that we will never know about because it's all just behind the scenes stuff. But it sounds to me like, you know, this guy had, like you would think just, we haven't dived into these songs yet, but the, you know, that there might be just a narrow idea of, of the music that this person's into, but it's very vast and, uh, you know, he's, he's into all types of things. Although it was funny to say that he had no interest in uh, Blue Man Group initially because he's not a theater person. And then he went to a show and he was converted. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that is, um, that is the album art. That's the history with the band. We'll probably dive a little bit more into this interview as we go through, but I think it's time to dive into these tracks. Let's do it. The first track on this record is called No Woods.
so when I first put this song on, I uh, I was immediately reminded of the message that Shippy had sent us, which was initially like, check out this band, but also check out this riff. Does it sound familiar? A little bit. A <laughs> little bit. Sounds a little bit like uh, the sickness, perhaps? A little bit. A little bit. A yeah. little bit. Wow. Wow. Also, <laughs> I mean, this is tough for me. As you know, I have the sickness, but mm-hmm. I might be being cured of the sickness just by the absolute, unrelenting, <laughs> shitty, shitty cringiness of David Train. <laughs> just... Not to take yeah. away anything from Stompbox, you know, maybe to give more to Stompbox because Jesus, <laughs> that riff. Yeah. The caller is calling from inside the house, Stompbox. <sighs> it's David Draymond. But Draymond, uh, Lauren sent me a, a post earlier that was uh, something that Draymond had posted, which was uh, there were three options. One was Democrat, box left unchecked. One was Republican, box left unchecked. The third box, pissed off. Checked. Checked. Like, Checked. Honestly, I have to tell you, the last time I saw my least favorite uncle, he was wearing a hat that said, we the people are pissed off. And I was like, bitch, what are you pissed off about? Please. But, ugh. The riff is so good. The band is so silly. The man is so bad. The riff bad. remains good in Stompbox, though. I'm into mm-hmm. it. it does. Gives yeah. me that early, mid-90s kind of, I don't know. They say that they describe themselves as post-hardcore. I can see that. You know, it's not as chaotic uh, as a lot of early hardcore. It's a little more polished, but it's not quite so smooth as to be what i would consider to be more of like the heavier mainstream metal stuff i liked it yeah i liked it too i think uh i think the sylvia massey touch is really what brings this uh, a more polished feel and more streamlined because i think about people or bands that were around the same time doing like an actual part post hardcore sound that i think we would more identify with and a lot of that stuff is thinner a lot of that stuff is definitely more chaotic and i think this is just a case of like yeah we've, if you got a band who's identifying with a very post-hardcore sound and but also has a pro like sylvia massey behind the boards it's going to be a little more cleaned up um i'm just going to say right now you could not find the lyrics for this album on the web on the interweb but I have the lyrics in the liner notes here, and I'm glad I did because, as you will find out, I cannot understand a word that this man is yelling, ever. <laughs> Never can understand anything. I would listen to a song and I pull the lyrics out and I go, "If you say so, lyrics." But sometimes there was like no, <laughs> there was no like I would be listening and I'd be like, mm, "Is that what he's saying?" I mean, this is this is what came with it. It says stop box. I got to believe these are the lyrics. But uh, yeah, um, so this one, uh, I wrote in my notes that it might be a song about manipulation and self-doubt. The lyrics, uh, the key lyrics I wrote down, he wrote, I, he said, I am nothing. And then he says, you don't know shit. And then there's this thing about the fingers. 
She has two fingers. I feel used. She'll use her fingers. Really didn't know what to make of that. But then we have this interview where they end up asking about this song. And do, do you remember, Jenny, <laughs> where they said this song was originally from? The title of the song? Well, I, like, didn't they write it for like a comp or something? And then they ended up like adapting it for the album? I think so, yeah. It was something about uh, they were writing it for a comp about like the woods where Thoreau wrote on Walden Pond. What did he write that? Oh, I found it. I found yeah. it here. Um, Who is the well, it is. I don't. What is a book? You know, what is a book? Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Oh, he says songs had titles before there were lyrics, and we loved making each other laugh. And we were we like to appropriate song titles. So No Woods was an appropriated song title joke. We were asked to contribute a song for a compilation CT to benefit an effort to save Walden Woods from development, uh, which was the site of Henry David Thoreau's book Walden. The title was originally No Woods, No Backstage Past, a Dadaist take on the Funkadelic song title No Head, No Backstage Past. We later shortened it to No Woods. Mm, 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 mm -hmm. Once again, talking about them books. Book talk. <laughs> Book talk. But uh, yeah, I, I, you know, strong open. I can't understand a word, but that's okay. That hasn't stopped anybody. Matt, how'd you feel about No Woods? I mean, come on. The fucking riff. It's the best. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about here? Sorry I asked. Uh, hey. Wow, 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 wow. <laughs> Pissed off? Check. Check. <laughs> Pissed off. We the people are pissed off. Okay. Pissed off. Are you pissed off, Uncle Joe? You guys want to talk I'm about my family issues it. here? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah. Let's just air out every issue I have with Let's just <laughs> air it all out, Jenny. Now's the you time. When you got the mic. The time. I'm only this doing this show for six more months. I got to get it all out. <laughs> uh, you're going to be walking around the house. You'll be like, Mitch, I got to talk to you about some things. And he'll be like, yeah. you need to get back on that podcast. I, you got to get over that immediately. Yeah. immediately. Like, yeah, if Mitch you want to know how I feel, listen to Roach Coach. I'm not sharing with you. <laughs> I think that'll go uh, well. That'll go well. <laughs> All <laughs> right. Nothing better for relationships than making your partner listen to a podcast to know what you think. Yeah. I mean, I it's 2022. <laughs> yep. <laughs> right? I'm okay. Yes. Doing great. <laughs> yeah. Great. Doing great. Doing great. Uh, well, what do we got next? Yeah. Uh, the making of Pump.
1994, man. It's 1994, man. <laughs> it, you listen, it kind of doesn't matter what month it came out. This was 94, baby. January, December, yeah. this was 94. Spring, summer, yeah. September. Let me tell you, if you if you weren't around for 94, you were too young to remember 94. Not this, born yet for 94. This, this is what it sounded like. Yep. I can tell you. I can tell you. I was with one hundred percent clarity. Oh yeah. It was it was this and then some of the best R and B. Listen, listen, I listened to this song, I listened to this album, and I had half a mind that I was like, Well, I better go to bed. I gotta go to sixth grade tomorrow. <laughs> like true transported back. Um you can uh for me I, this would have been yeah. like it's senior year baby let's make it <laughs> let's get the hell out of here <laughs> uh jenny what grade are you in 1994 oh, that's a great question what grade are you in when you're tw- 10 i think i was probably you, in third or fourth grade right yeah i think that checks out yeah yeah Does this take you back to fourth grade no <laughs> no, I think I was I was definitely just like a little too young and didn't have the older siblings or people close enough in age to being like into this kind of music, like in my family that all of this shit kind of missed me until I got much older. So this reminds me of, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> 2022. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely does sound like what I associate with 1994, like more broadly. But what I was actually into in 1994 was probably like, I don't know, Ace of Base or something. Slap bracelets. Yes. Yeah. Oh, definitely slap bracelets. <laughs> yeah, I wrote in my notes that this vocal feels very much at this perfect intersection of Scott Weiland meets Eddie Vedder, like right there. Because it feels a little. I was bit... also getting heavy Soundgarden vibes. Mm, I could see that as well. I could see that as well. Bad Motor Finger vibes for mm, sure. Yeah, but definitely more of a Bad Motor Finger thing for sure. Um, yeah, it. Um, I mean, I got a little bit like I could see this dude doing some like some snake arm action, but he gets into that one part though, and it's sort of like a rappy bit, almost like a, a sort of rappy chorus, sort of. Oh, not chorus. Um, rappy sort of verses. I wrote in my notes that the chorus is 1994 to the core, and I said, yes, that core too, i.e. Um, Stuntable Pilots core. We're talking about, I think, either selling out or bad relationship stuff. I think it's a mix of both, because um, we're also talking about, I put my trust away, but then also you've sold yourself quality of compromise. Um, but there's mentioning of all of her backstabbing ways. Um, the first lyric is rage burning inside. I've been feeling this way for way too long. I see this title, though, and I'm thinking, is this a song about the making of Aerosmith's seminal album Pump? Is that what this is about? Wow. But I don't think it actually is. Um, <laughs> but what if, you know? You know, took me a long time to realize that the album covered Aerosmith's Pump is two trucks fucking. Took me a minute. Oh to yeah, that. baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm into. Yeah, finally my kind of kink. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what was the, you know and what's funny is you know when you get older and you realize like every single sort of weird choice like that was a meeting. You know. <laughs> 
they would just honk on some Bobo, and then they're like, let's get two trucks to hump. Yeah, man. There's going to be some honking going on there. <laughs> beep, beep. <laughs> High fives around the room. Everybody has, feels great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's roll in um, money. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I mean, think about, I mean, the following album, Get a Grip's got what? A cow utter with a piercing. So, that's right. Another meeting. Oh, wow. to take a meeting with Aerosmith. What it must have been like every time. What do you got us for us this time, you nuts? You nuts. Uh, yeah. Um, oh, we. you know what? We forgot to talk about the music video for No Woods. Oh, crap. Uh, Jenny. <laughs> I thought this was a pretty good video. Yeah. Um, yeah. The band's performed for a very hyped and sweaty crowd of what looked like real people Real fans. The band is dressed looking what I would definitely say is more of a post-hardcore uniform. We got some button-ups. We got some uh, black uh, black room glasses. Um, like I wrote that they could be in 94, but they could also be in 2002 or, as Jenny thinks, 2022. Wherever. So, Jenny, what did you think of this video? I thought it was good. I thought it was like a classic straight-ahead kind of video that I would have seen on MTV. But I think the other thing I have definitely mentioned on the show before is that I was not allowed to watch MTV uh, or VH1. My mom thought it would corrupt me, right? So like, even if I had turned it on, I I wouldn't have been able to see it. But the times that I was able to sneak vids, this is what I think of at that that time in the world. I don't know what's uh, wrong with me today. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jenny, I, it, it's funny that she also would not let you watch VH1, which I feel like in VH1 in 1994, 95, I mean, I feel like all they're showing are like Sarah McLaughlin videos, yeah. Enigma videos. Too sexual. Um, couldn't yeah. watch Friends. Yeah. Couldn't watch Friends? And I couldn't watch The Simpsons. Yeah, my mom wouldn't let me watch The Simpsons either. Yeah. I, You um, know, I think that probably... My parents just had no idea, you know, and she was just like, I I probably don't watch this. I don't know. (laughs) It seems bad. And I'm like, what an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) As I struggle through being a parent daily and have no idea. Like, I get it more now, but I'm also like, oh, yeah, what an idiot. And it's also so much easier just to have hard lines and just be like, no nuance, just no oh yeah i just remember the joan osborne video for like one of us and she was like why are they talking about god like this and she was just like not into it i I don't know she like was like occasionally religious we never went to church or anything like that but every so often she'd be like we don't talk about god like that and then the next day she'd be like god damn it (laughs) whatever so I don't know. But I think, yeah, she saw like Joan Osborne singing about God and was like, that's not appropriate for children. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. okay, no prob. There you go. Yeah. Uh, I just remember, yeah, there was like weird, like I remember, yeah, my mom and dad like not wanting me to watch The Simpsons, but then eventually just like not caring. Like, I feel like it would be like a short term, like we don't care. But but that th- that was the other thing was that my dad would be like, here, come here, you got to see this movie. And then I'd watch Die Hard with him when I was like nine. So I was like, you know, I remember watching, I think, A Lethal Weapon. It was like Lethal Weapon 3. And my dad saying to me, 
all right, so we don't swear in this house. And then we watched <laughs> Bill Gibson like say the F word for two hours while he blew people's faces off. So, you know, that's that's all you got to do, you know? it's I learned everything I learned from my dad, and I've turned out fine, clearly. So, you know, that's why I just say to Ronan. just like, don't swear. And then, you know. But, I mean, he won't watch anything with real people in it, so I don't even have, you know, those options. So, I'm trying, you oh, guys. You know, yeah. I'm trying. I'm trying to show him this stuff, and he just won't. He just won't. He won't take the bait. One other thing I did want to mention about the video for No Woods is that there's a quick edit of a guy bobbing his head to the guitar riff that is probably one of the funniest things I've ever seen in a music video ever. It's very quick. If you watch a music video, just be paying attention when they do the guitar riff you part in the second half of the song. But that edit, like, clearly the guy who was doing the edit on this, on this album, uh, on this video, you know, he was doing the work. Highly enjoyed that. There it there is. It is. All right, our next song is Now What It's Worth. this is very new metal i'm just gonna go through these lyrics real quick which i gotta say he's a little clearer on this song don't care much at all what you think of me waste no time lose my mind no we'll never be free what is it worth when this is all it adds up to this is all pointless why should i care i never did and you might be thinking, are these the lyrics to this song or just what a young Jenny Bloomer used to write on her bedroom wall when they would take her door away? Uh, you know, yeah, basically. If I wrote on my wall, the wall would be taken away. I didn't have that kind of flexibility. Are you insane now in my journal? Mm. You oh, better believe oh. it's going in there. Write it on my. Have you ever found any of those journals, Jenny? Oh. Or are they still very much near and dear to you? I. My dad's been bringing over boxes from his basement every time he comes to visit. And classic parent move. Cla- oh, man. Classic. oh man, my <laughs> parents trying to dump so much shit on me. Right now, we're in the era where it's a bunch of like somewhat recent, like within the last like 10, 15 years, like uncomfortable stuff you don't want to see. Like, you know, like ex-boyfriend shit. So there's a lot of like Mm. past relationship hauntings going on in our house. That is like something I never even thought of as being a thing. But I feel like we're going to get some someday soon. We're going to get our hot little hands on a couple of those because they definitely exist. And they're just buried a little deeper. 
I think we're in like yeah, he's pulling the top layer off. Yeah, we're in we're in 2005 right now, based on the boxes of CDs and DVDs that I've been receiving, and some of the the other stuff in there. So um, yeah, I think I have finally rid my mom's house of everything. Well, I mean, here's me putting my biz in the street. I lived at home until I was like 30, so like there was a lot of stuff. I think I have finally, at 45, gotten everything out of my mom's house. Yeah, my parents still have a ton of my stuff and my sister's stuff in the basement. And it's all labeled in this way that... What's funny is they throw they threw a bunch of stuff away, like toy-related stuff. But they didn't throw everything away. And so we were visiting with Ronan recently, and we pulled out all my old Ninja Turtles. And he's like, this is great. And then he's like, what's this go to? I said, oh, that goes to the the car. And I go, where's the car? And they're like, oh, we threw the car away. Okay. Uh, What's this go to? Oh, this goes to the van. Where's the van? Oh, yeah, we threw the van away. Like, So Ronan's like, where's all the vehicles? I'm like, apparently grandma and grandpa's needed to toss the vehicles, but kept all the guys. And um, I I don't know why they did it, because they have a shit ton of space in that basement. Anyway, they attempted to send all those Ninja Trolls back home with me, and I said, oh, not so fast. Not so fast. You got room in this basement. So, yeah. Um, they did. One day, my parents came to visit and just straight up handed me my, like, varsity jacket from marching band. They were just like, here you go. I'm like, what? Has this been burning up space in the house? I feel like they just go through just random boxes and they go, what are we dumping on him this time? What are we going to try to slip into his luggage? Oh, yeah. They'll slip shit in my luggage all the time. You know what I can't escape? What's that? Mugs. My mom just shows up with a mug that was mine. Wow. <laughs> oh, mine. wow. Wow. And here's the problem. Like, I should be like, thank you, and then immediately throw the mug away. <laughs> but it stays in my car for, like, months. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. I just got these loose mugs. All these mugs that just say world's greatest boss. If you want a Jurassic Park mug circa release of the first Jurassic Park, I've got you covered. Matt, that is called a collector's item, my friend. Throw that shit up on eBay. Put that on eBay, bro. Make some some green. $25 coming my way. Yeah, man. If at least, at least. There is some Jurassic head out there right now who's like, I just need this fucking Jurassic Park mug, and I'll have the collection complete. I'll pay anything. Matt, this is your your nest egg. (laughs) I'm in so much trouble. (laughs) Matt's like just trash, trash, trash. Uh, All right. Well. Any other thoughts on uh, what it's worth? <laughs> that was all about. What I don't it's even worth. know if we talked about it. I don't think we did. I don't think we did. Yeah, it's fine. Um, it's a good song. Um, Jenny, there is some chainsing going on here. Yes, there is, but I think that it's a light enough chainsing. That it, it's like first album chains. Yeah, it's it doesn't get into like the kind of chainsing that makes me want to turn a record off. Like you were you were texting me about Lauren about how we were getting chains a little bit here, and I was like, oh boy. But it it did not phase me in this record. Okay, 
So what I guess for you guys then, what is in the Alice in Chains oeuvre? When does it get too much? When does the chainsing become too extreme? If you're thinking first album Alice in Chains, so facelift, man in the box era, that is what you're saying is okay chainsing. When do things get out of hand for you? Rooster, again, grind, jar flies era, I stay away. Where when do things get out of hand in the chainsing for you? You know, I I don't think I could tell you. I feel as though it's a uh, it's a feeling when case, I case. hear it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Case by case, right. an mm. emotion. Uh, you know. Yeah. Link by link, chain by chain. That's how you I, can only. The truth is that it. I have never given it enough of a chance to be able to identify when it actually turns for me. Because I think so much of what I've heard just hasn't really been for me that I never spent the time to go back and be like, I, I want this to be for me or I want to understand like where it falls off. Like, I just don't know because I've not dug deep. So if you've been so offended the whole time on this show that I don't think I really like Alice in Chains that much, you're like, you just have to, you might be right. But am I going to go back and listen to that? There's a new Beyonce out. I can't go back and listen to Alice in Chains. I'll see you later. I can't do see it. You later. More for you. And it's it's probably great. And I think it's also like that thing that's like of the time, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it just missed mm-hmm. me. It just missed me. Fair enough. I mean, also, yeah. You, I mean, when Dirt came out, it was 1992, 1991. I mean, you're just a little babe. I was more or less a sperm still. Might as well, Ben. Yeah. Swimming, uh, just swimming. Um, yeah, you're not gonna drop them bones on a little babe. <laughs> no, it's like, no, please, it's don't like eight drop years old. <laughs> like, what? What do you mean? What's happening here? <laughs> hey, hey, eight year old girl, want to hear an album about about dying from heroin? <laughs> no, no, I want to, like, no, 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 I want to hump my fucking new kids on the block pillow to sleep. <laughs> I'm not ready for this, but you know. Mm. I am, I don't know. I don't know how I would have felt about Stompbox when I was 10, but I am liking it as a, a 37-year-old woman. There we go. Yeah. All righty. What do we got next? Up next, we've got Chevy S10. interesting lyrics in this song but i think my favorite and i think we're all in agreement on it is the the best lyric in this song is uh when he goes 
That one might be, might be my favorite as well. That was really something. He really dragged that out in a way that I have not heard before. I've heard growls. <laughs> <laughs> did I knock my mic out? You sure did. At like uh, the perfect time, you're like, and then when it's like, and it just went way. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like you do your first one, and it was like, that was pretty good, Lauren. And then it was like, and it's like, <laughs> Yeah, I bought, Jenny and I are like, what is happening? <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I bought my mixer right off the table when I was doing that. I mean, listen, listen, this is just proof. Uh, what's the lead singer's name? Eric? Eric? Listen, clearly I got to leave this shit to the professionals, all right? Because I try to do it, and I'm knocking all my gear all over the place. Um, quite, quite a situation here. I wrote in my notes that um, we're deep in them cheeks. Deep in them cheeks. Uh, Jenny, did you get a big uh, bit of a butt vibe on this one? I did. I feel like all of the things that this album does that I would dislike more in an album that is newer is pretty firmly rooted in... I think it's like... It just feels more like that post-hardcore quicksand vibe that it doesn't hit me as hard. So we it, it might be, but, but I think there's a lot of music that I like that might technically be, but, but it's just got like a heaviness and a groove to it that maybe it's, the, maybe it's my kind of, butt, you know, <laughs> mm. there you have it. Jenny's kind of, butt. Matt, what'd you think of Chevy S 10? Well, number one, uh, as a, an employee of General Motors, all my thoughts are my own. Um, <laughs> I do not represent the company. And uh, I'm, I'm happy, always happy to see Chevy S10 represented. And his vocal styling is not my favorite. But hearing it, I'm like, 1994? This feels like a band that like other bands later had and like... I don't know, maybe one of them being disturbed. Uh, like, just, this was the one that planted the seeds. This feels like a pop. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely I, think it has Papa vibes. Papa vibes Ooh. in the Chevy S10. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens as we get yeah. closer to the end. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. we're not getting no. to the end of this album, Matt. <laughs> Matt, what oh. are you talking about? Yeah, this 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 album. Right? You think we're going to no. get to the end of this album? We're not going to get to the end of this album. No oh, way. Well, uh, hope no. springs eternal. <laughs> yeah. Um, there is a guitar solo on the song I want to mention that is a good reminder that we are not that far removed from the Guns N' Roses era. It felt very slashy to me. Actually, Matt, if you want to go to it real quick, it's at 
<laughs> Slash and snake pit. Slash wow, and wow, snake wow. pit. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, incredible album cover to Slash's snake pit. It's a snake. It's got a top hat. <laughs> the top hat. And it's smoking a cigarette. <laughs> that snake is trouble. That snake is trouble. That snake can't slither very fast without coughing. It's tough. <laughs> Snake's general trouble. Yeah. Snake, top hat, cigarette, big trouble. Figured out how to oh, light yeah. a cigarette with its little tail. Flick a lighter. Slap a zip. Like... <laughs> Wow. Like it had to curl around it to have and yep. have enough tail left to flip and flick. Mm-hmm. We're yeah. in trouble. Oh, you don't want to listen. If you run into that snake, go the opposite direction. All right. And just call a snake wrangler and said, We got a slash snake. <laughs> oh, no. No, no, no. Uh-huh. I can't do this again. I promised my wife I was out of the game. <laughs> we need you, snake man. Oh, we need yeah. you, snake man. Believe it or not, we got more songs. All right. Up next, we've got Forever. So the full title of this song, um, which I don't think shows up on everything, is uh, Forever, parentheses, in Blue Jeans, which is another joke title in reference to Neil Diamond's Forever in Blue Jeans. And the joke for the band was, it was abstracted as a concept, Forever in Blue Jeans, sure. No suit and tie for that person, no khakis, no leather pants, just forever in blue jeans. Um, But other than that, this does not sound at all like a Neil Diamond song. Uh, for that, I thank them. And, um, yeah, you know, once again, thematically, it fits with where we're going with the new sound. I agree, Matt, once again, we're hearing some Papa vibes. We're also hearing, I think, that 94 Tool vibe, too, and some of the chug here and some of the grind. Um, the line here, so kick me when I'm down if you think I care, if you think I owe it to you, come and take it from me. Wow, wow, put wow. That, put that one in your journal. There you go. Jenny, what'd you think of Forever in Blue Jeans? I was into it. This is definitely an album that is firmly in the zone of things that I'm into. It, it does get a little bit, a little bit yarly. For me, just ever so slightly. The first listen, I wasn't sure. But as time went on, I was like, okay, I'm into this. I see where the wreck came from. I think the the recommendation was because Disturbed must have ripped off No Woods. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I don't see a world in which that didn't happen. But the rest of this, and even when in that interview, 
um, when Jeff was talking about why the band went their different ways, they said that Eric was really into more of the rap rock thing and the rest of them wanted to make more like arty, noisy, heavier, less accessible music. And so they really fractured in that way. And so you can really hear the, the papa-ness throughout this record. So listening to it from that lens as well, um, I really liked it. Matt? Yeah, I got your Alice in Chains on that one for sure. But more of that rocky Alice in Chains and like the rooster, which is the one that I kind of point to as my Alice in Chains over the top moment. Um, but yeah, I, the riff is strong. It, it, it just feels like this underlying band, like the the face that launched a thousand ships feeling, you know, like it's mm-hmm. just, it's like, so these sounds are so identifiable. It's very of the time, but it also seems ahead of the time, which is very interesting for 1994. Yeah, absolutely. Jenny, what do we got next? Up next, we have Salt Peter Exit Wound. <laughs> just heard jenny what you just heard what we all just heard in my opinion is the birth of mudvayne and godsmack at the exact same time (laughs) that is what i heard i wrote in my notes sully heard this song and was like taking all the notes taking all the notes what can i do with this maybe just because it was so sludgy felt very primordial ooze and out will come the next generation from this they're gonna take this they're gonna streamline some of this they're gonna chug it up even more but maybe not make it so um slow you know it's not gonna be as slow but i mean i hear this i mean i could i could hear a million other bands flaw um i get about some of that maybe even some of the more atmospheric slipknot maybe but i mean mudvayne and godsmack were the two that i really heard on this one jenny yeah i mean <laughs> i agree with i i think i was so i wanted away from this song so quickly that i didn't even have the time to reflect on perhaps some of the origins that we were hearing so i appreciate you bringing that up lauren cuz i very much had uh, the same reaction Matt did. I, I have yeah. nothing to add. 
it's just exactly exactly what Matt said there. I was like, oh, oh my god, I hate this. Yeah, it, yeah, it just was not. It wasn't for me. That's all right. I gotta say, just his way of his delivering these opening lines of Confucian breeds contempt. You, me, and them content or content. Uh, and then, and then he goes into the wrapping part, cutting down the trees of the great mother earth or great earth mother, bending to the whim of myself, no other following down the path of the long gone under walking in the steps of a who cares wonder. The nihilism here, you guys still, still valid in a way. So we know there we're hearing, we're hearing some birthing going on right then. What do we have next? Up next, we have Esoteric Song. Sounds like they're living up to the title. All yeah, right. this one's bit uh, just a kind of a jammy instrumental. No vocals on this one beyond some babbling and maybe some talk box. I think I heard um, some decent riffing on this. There's some funky bass near the end, but yeah, just sort of just a weird sort of as they said esoteric song, aptly named. Jenny, what'd you think of this you- one? Yeah, I mean, this definitely like when you. When you read interviews with the band and you hear about like their different influences and the things that they're into and that they want to pursue, I think you can see a little bit of all of it in this. And that's just how this felt to me, especially because in the interview that we read, Jeff said that like lyrics always came last. It's like the last consideration of anything. This just sort of felt like that to me where they were just like, I don't even want to. I don't want to do it. And then I just didn't, which I respect. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Matt? Yeah, definitely esoteric, because I certainly wasn't in the group of people that understood what was happening here, so I'm okay with that. Matt's over there like, um, excuse me, what's going on here? What is happening here? You don't get it, old man. Mm-hmm. What? Well, I'm, just, I'm just trying to figure it out. Don't box me out. Let me in. I don't know where I went with that imitation of you, Matt. I don't think that sounds like you at all. I apologize. <laughs> That's all right. Hey, I'll... <laughs> I don't know what that was. <laughs> I, I kind of sounded got away a little from me. Don Nazi there. A little, <laughs> little shakiest gun in the West. Oh, boy. All right. Jenny, let, let's let's write this ship. What we got next? All right. Up next, we got Fool for the City.
try to find your way living in this fucked city. Wow, wow, wow. Wow. I don't know what the song is about exactly, but I like to think with that and this chorus that this is a song about someone who has been turned into a motorcycle and now is asking you to use them as transportation. Keep going. That is what I think. I th- and, but because they've just been turned into a motorcycle, they don't know what they can or cannot do. And so they're saying, ride on me now that I'm a motorcycle. Depend on me, but I'll let you down because I'm not used to being a motorcycle. I used to be a person, but now I'm a motorcycle and I don't know what this all entails in the long term for me. Like, am I, do I need food or am I like a motorcycle and you need to put gasoline in me and and have, give me tune-ups? I mean, this really is a question for, you know, all of our our cycle heads, you know, out there. Um, Jenny, Matt, are either of you cycle heads? Oh, you know, you know this guy over here. I mean, I know you like to get your, you know, get 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 your hands on a good old hog every now and again, and just take it up and down, just peel out. I know, you know what I know you like to do, Matt, is you like to sit outside of a house early in the morning and just rev for like twenty Fucking to forty minutes, revving, bro. Oh yeah, yeah. Especially mm-hmm. when my my daughter was born, I was like, <laughs> Catherine's like, stop revving, and I'm just like, this is my life. This is all I am. <laughs> Gotta hear the pipes. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Jenny, uh, you're big in the revving, right? You're big, oh, you're big into the cycles. My yeah. God. I'm it's physically hurting me not to be revving right now. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm just staring out the window at my little two wheeled hell ripper. Beast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just hell ripper. Yeah, oh, yeah. your hell ripper. And I just, you know, I like to just be out, nothing between the open road and me. <laughs> You know, except for whatever, the bike, I guess. Maybe some pants. Maybe some pants. <laughs> I, some pants. Like to ride around. <laughs> I just like to ride around. And, you know, people are like, hey, what are you doing? And I'm like, being free, bitch. <laughs> and I just keep going. <laughs> so... Uh, that is know. that is your motto. That is your motto. Being free, bitch. That is your motto. Love it. So, love it, love it, yeah. love it. Oh man. Well, then I mean, so for both of you then, the concept of having a a motorcycle that used to be a person but now is a motorcycle, is that appealing or does that sound like it's going to harsh your vibe? We were all friends with Turbo Teen, you know, mm-hmm. the boy that could turn into a car, so Oh yeah, absolutely. If, yeah. If I had a buddy that could turn into a bike. Yeah. We'd have zany adventures. You know, I guess just so long as they wanted to turn into a bike. Correct. Correct. Yeah, if they're like mad about me, you don't want to ride around on a motorcycle that used to be a person that didn't want to become a motorcycle. But if they did, <laughs> then sure, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. why not? Yeah. I'm just imagining just like, yeah, like Mitch becomes a motorcycle and he's pissed about it. And you're like, well, I got to get to work. So yeah. are we going to talk so, about this now or right. later? Like, I need you to manage your own emotions here. Okay. Because I got to get to work. <laughs> That would be really tough on our relationship. I mean, I know that the Aerosmith, you know, uh, cover of two trucks fucking probably, you know, but I don't know, like, if your spouse becomes a a mode of transportation, Mm -hmm. you know, that could be tough. That could be tough. Yeah, that could be tough. I mean, I just imagine, though, that that, that, you know, that album cover then becomes a real point of contention, you know, (laughs) if things aren't working out. And then one of you is like, hello, pump album cover. These guys made it work. Yeah. 
Well, I don't know. I have a lot of logistical questions about that, but perhaps not the time <laughs> nor the place. I don't know if I want my questions on record, so <laughs> I'll save those what, for another time. What's next? Uh, up next is Jake's song. glad that I had the lyrics for this one because um, this one truly could not understand a word at all feel a warm strong buzzing sound coming on feeling high like I'm never gonna die kiss the sky burning quiet inside nothing's wrong coming on you could never take it if you tried waste your life wow 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 Jenny what'd you think of this one I liked this. I felt like the riff was cool. And yeah, I liked the riff. I liked the song. That's it. Yeah, this one felt very proto new to me, especially with the vocal. I wrote in my notes, feels like we're on the precipice. Like, like we're, it's about to happen. We haven't discovered. Oh, here, here's what I wrote. I was feeling very poetic here. We haven't discovered fire yet, but we got sparks. There we go. Oh, my. Mm. Hello. Yeah. I wrote uh, lyrics once again asking what it's all worth. Are we just pawns to the machine, cogs in a ticking clock of the marketplace? I don't know if that metaphor works. I wrote these late at night. Matt Nash. No, I, I, I was listening to this. Like they, This vocal style, this whole style, it feels like I can't believe this is from 1994 because it's like it's there. Like it's out, like it's not grunge. It's not a hundred percent new. It is completely that in between state, because it's like it goes one way, it becomes clutch. It goes another way, it's Alice in Chains. It goes this way, it's Disturbed. It goes this way, it's like it goes this way down. It goes to Helmet. Like it's very much this interesting microcosm of. A whole bunch of styles. Mm. Matt, you were you were moving your hands a lot when you were showing that, giving us different directions, and then at the end you brought it all together. And I realized you were making a circle, but initially I thought you were going to make the heart sign with your hands, which I yes, really think is all, where it all leads to. Straight to the heart. <laughs> and also, yes, I just want you all. I love you like BTS does. Ah, uh, there, there you go. go. There you Army. go. Yeah, I don't know who Jake is, um, but you got a song, buddy, and uh, that's great. What do we got next, Jenny? Up next, we've got Screwing in America. Yeah! <laughs> yeah! 
<laughs> there we go. There you go, Matt. There. I think we're going to okay. Jenny, what do you think of screwing in America? You know, it feels very proto-new. Um, and Matt has not listened to this before. I just want to point that out, that his scream was just, he understood. <laughs> he understood what was happening. But yeah, again, like I liked it. It feels proto-new. It all feels of a piece of a time. I don't know if I have anything uh, deep to say about it or particularly like insightful but i liked it there you go you know i wrote in my notes that i also agree this is very proto new i like the upbeat riff before they go into more of the chuggy part this feels also proto godsmack what the song is about because i know that we didn't have song meanings and a really song meanings dropped the ball where were you on stomp box come on figure it out this is prime your stuff so i had to become my own personal song meanings.com and dissect these lyrics and the best I could come up with, because we're talking about, uh, we're using a lot of she gendering in here. We're also talking about the green stares back at her. She says, are you there? I can't see you. She doesn't really care. Remote self-control, hitting an all-time low. She can't see you. She doesn't really know. So we're talking about the green. Now, what could green mean? I mean, my brain, first it goes to, marijuana of course is that hey, the green we're talking hey, about hey. that ganja sir smoke a lot puff puff pass it back to me wow 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 uh, wow, mm-hmm. wow wow mr 420 mr yeah. 420 that's me mm-hmm. 421 422 even sometimes yeah i take my time <laughs> whatever right. it takes yep. whatever it takes man um but then the other green money Wow. And we're talking about screwing in America. Screwing in America. What is he saying? Everything is a commodity. Are we talking about perhaps a sex worker of some kind who's doing this for the green? She doesn't care about you. She just needs that green. 
next person, next person. And this could be any sort of scenario here. I mean, we could talk about a prostitute. We could also be talking about someone who's a stripper or something like that. Any variation. <laughs> it's a little vague. It's a little vague. We could um, be talking about anything. Strippers. <laughs> prostitutes. <laughs> okay. Sex work. People who do sex work. That is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'm like literally anything. But anything. People anything. who are in those peep show boots right um glory <laughs> yeah. hole trolls we're talking like anybody we're talking anybody only fans people um, right definitely mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. porn yeah. star people who Porn run star. kissing booths oh mm, <laughs> them uh, dirty dogs oh man now is not the time for a kissing booth i gotta tell you kissing booth industries you really got to be hurting now you know that uh if there ever was an industry for that that is uh Gotta be hurting, you know. Double hit now of, uh, you know, COVID plus monkeypox. Monkeypox. That's yeah. tough. That's tough. You you know they were thinking, oh man, mass mandate's gonna come down. Kissing booths were back in action, and then someone's like, "Hello, monkeypox is here," and you're like, "Pack it up. We gotta go get real jabs." Check mm-hmm. then check it in the middle. Pissed. <laughs> yeah. Right. Wow. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's our thoughts on sex work, I guess. So. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what a nuance! What a nuance! That's, that's not nuance my thoughts day. on sex work. Let's not love me in there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop you right there. <laughs> really, really handling the complexities of the situation. No. Let's, you know what? We, I think we hashed it out pretty well. No, no, no. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, maybe that's a different podcast. It might be. You know, we do have a couple songs left. I did have a cue. I wanted to know how respectful of our time this album was. Well, this album comes in at 47 minutes and 16 seconds. A dream. A dream. A now, dream. this episode comes in at 57 Not- days <laughs> and 32 hours. Day 37 exploring this album. That's right. That's right. Uh, up next, we've got Working for Sony. So when I saw this song, I thought this was going to be some classic bite the hands that feed situation and you to learn that they felt screwed over or something in the making this record. But then you read the interview and it sounds like everything was going great. They were had a wonderful time making the record with Sylvia. They're playing Nintendo with Jeff Buckley. I mean, if anything, this is the dream record creation right here. No Ross throwing yeah. plants at you. No wondering what room Brick Rubin's asleep in to get notes. You know, just... Just Sylvia behind the board saying, nailed it, good job, guys. And then you're going to go play uh, 
Double Dragon with Jeff Buckley. God, what a dream. Can you imagine? Wow, wow, could wow. you imagine? Wow. Like, just, you know, could you imagine just saying, hey, Jeff, you want to go play Battletoads? And Jeff Buckley being like, yeah, I just laid down the vocal for Grace. Let's do it. Let's do it. I got time for some Battletoads. <laughs> I you want mean. you to know I'm more sad than you can possibly imagine. And these, this record's going to just absolutely decimate lots of people when they listen to it in the best possible way. But yes, I would love to play Battletoads with you. And, uh, I'm covering a Leonard Cohen song. It'll probably be pretty good. I don't know. People will probably try to do what I've done a million times over to no success. But sure. Cool. Anyway, let's play Battletoads. A lot of these songs going to be in Vanilla Sky. We don't know what oh, that yeah. is yet, <laughs> mm-hmm. but they'll be but in there. But indeed, <laughs> yep. But until then, Battletoads, yes. That's right. Boy, I hope I have enough B-sides and rarities to <laughs> fill 17 other CDs. Where are uh, they finding these songs? That's all I want to know. Did he oh. have a task scam when he was a kid? Like, Jesus. Listen, I was wondering that when they did the Nirvana stuff. I was like, where are you finding this shit? Like, where, yeah. you know, and, and the thing about it is, like half this stuff, I don't want to hear it anyway. You know? No, it's a reason he didn't release it. You know, I was talking about this the other day about how when you're young and you got all the time in the world, and somebody's like, "Hey, you want to hear some unreleased demos?" You're like, "Yeah, sure, hit me with it." But once you get like a real job and like bills and kids, the last thing you got time for is unreleased demos, DVD bonus features. You don't have any of that stuff. I was thinking about how I used to spend time just watching movies with commentary right after I'd watched the movie. I don't have time for that ever again. But one time in my life, I was like, yeah, I'll watch, I'll watch Fight Club with three commentaries. Yeah, let's fucking go. Like, anyway, really off topic now. Um, where were we? Oh, that's right. Jeff Buckley and Battletoads. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Jenny, this song, Working for Sony. Once again, I feel like we are firmly still in the zone. And I will say this record, you know, it, it wasn't, uh, it was a little, I mean, I don't know if samey is the right way. I feel like once we get to this point in the record, we're definitely like, all right, it's solid. I think it's a solid, sturdy record, but I do feel like we're getting toward the end. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing necessarily really super stood out to me about this song, uh, you know, apart from being part of a whole. Uh, how about you? Yeah, I mean, with this point, I kind of looked at this song. I mean, I listened to this album a bunch of times before reading the interview. I wrote my notes that anti-major labor song, you got to have it. You got to have it on your record. I mean, they're talking about no show of gratitude. You know, we're not trying to waste your time. And then we've all become kind of jaded. Money talks when people listen. And think just through the view of coming up and what it takes to, you know, even find yourself in a studio with Sylvia Massey and Jeff Buckley next door. You know, the, the, the sacrifices, but also compromises that it takes to get to that point, which we don't know. I say, you know, but we don't know. I enjoyed that aspect of it, but I definitely do agree at this point. I was like, OK, I think I've heard all the facets and sides and sounds of this band. So I'm ready to wrap up. Well, I have good news for you. There's only one song left. All right. All right. It is time to wrap up. And the last song on the record is called Carry On, My Wayward Son.
decidedly not a cover. <laughs> not going to mistake that for Carry On My Wayward Son. Um, but a message we can all get behind, it don't matter, lighten up. Hey, truly. Take that to the bank. Truly, take truly. Take that to the bank. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt, what'd you think of this one? Yeah, good out mover and a shaker. Solid. There you have it, Jenny. Solid. Agree. A fun ending. There we go. Upbeat. Even. Yeah, that's what you want to go out on. You want to go out on an up. You always want to go out on an up. With a message of lighten up. Thank you. Absolutely. I will. I will try. <laughs> and... uh and that's the record, Stress by Stompbox. And now it's the part of the show where we talk about... Cannon talk. Jenny, we'll start with you. Uh, so I don't think that I would put this in the canon. Um, it definitely has a lot of Papa vibes, but I'm not, I'm not sure it belongs in the canon. Though I do think there's, in some way, we should acknowledge that, you know, No Woods is the sickness the rip from the sickness came from no woods uh but other than that i you know i liked listening to it i think it's a good wreck i definitely see why it was recommended i'm glad i listened to it i'll probably listen to it again uh but nothing for the canon from me really how about you lauren uh yeah i wrote that this is uh really a proto new metal this is very much a pop record there's a lot of sounds in here, though, that I associate with a lot of groups I love, like Stone Temple Pilots and Alice in Chains and Helmet and Quicksand. It does get a little samey, but, you know, and you can't really understand the lead singer most of the time, but it really is a papa. The No Wood situation is undeniable. And then the overall vibe of just you hearing a song, you just know that um, other bands took this to the next step to new metal. So I think it's firmly a papa. Matt. Papa. <laughs> Papa. Papa, Papa, can you hear me? Papa, Papa, <laughs> Papa, can you? Papa, Papa, look at me, Papa. Yes, yeah, it's this is a thousand percent. It's from Papa. This is a thousand percent of Papa. I mean, I I don't know what we do with Papas except maybe put them on a Papa list. Is it a Papa list? I don't know. I um, I I I know that we were when we did our forefathers month and decided if it was Papa, not a Papa, which still. Some people really hated that we did that, and it makes me laugh every time. Um, but um, I mean, I'd say this is firmly a papa. I think we can all agree. Oh yes, this is uh, an unqualified papa. Like no blood test necessary. You can just tell by looking at him. Mm-hmm. You know, just put this one and put Sully right next to it, and you'll go, "That's a papa. That's a papa right there." So there you have it. Nothing for the canon, but certainly a papa. We love to find a papa, a new metal papa. And uh, that does bring us to the end of another episode of Roach Coach. Thank you so much for listening. Keep on saying hello online, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Send us an email, roachcoachpodcast at gmail.com. Head over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash roachcoachpodcast. Leave us a review on Apple Music, iTunes, Spotify. Leave us those reviews. Five stars would be great. I know you're all wondering, the Bloodhound 3 Pound Pound. Mm. It's coming. It's coming, you guys. All right? I want you to know that we have made plans. We are going to record that bad boy in person. And so it is coming. Yeah, we decided it must be witnessed. Matt and I need to just 
drink in the vibes of Lauren's oh, soul slowly leaving. Leaving his yeah. body. You know, we need to be there in person for that. So, so uh, that is coming up. And until next time, Jenny, thank you. Lauren, thank you. Matt. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.